Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from out of Joel. Joel is a tiny prophetic book out of the Old Testament. And we read these words from Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. Then afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, even on male and female slaves in those days. I will pour out my spirit. Let's pray. Father, we invite you to speak to us in a way that we can hear and understand. May your word truly be planted inside of us to help us to understand who we are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, how you call us to be and to live. Lord, now take the words that you inspired your prophet to proclaim years ago. And Lord, may they found lodging within us, fertile soil to grow. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was uh, wrestling with a decision I needed to make, and I was talking with my counselor. And during the midst of our conversation, uh, he said something that really struck me. As I began to reflect on his words, I began to think those words were more than just wise words spoken by a good counselor. They had to feel that those are words that had a divine source to them. In a similar time frame, I was reading a book from, uh, that was written by Jim and Alan Fadling. And in the book, Alan was talking about how he had come to understand ministry as not something he's doing for God, but something God had invited Alan to do with God. And when I read those words, I once again had that same thought. These are more than the words of a wise author. It seems that God is speaking through these words. I don't know about you, but I've had many times in my life where I've been in conversation with someone, where I've been listening to a message, maybe a sermon, maybe a podcast, and words have come across that have been more than the words I've heard or the words I've read because they seem to have a divine feel to them. It feels as though God is speaking to me. Have you ever had that experience where God speaks to you through someone else? Well, guess what? God wants to use you to speak to others. God has called us to a ministry that He wants to use us in sharing with others what God wants to say. The words of Joel were words that were spoken a long, long time ago. As a matter of fact, they preceded Jesus' time by several hundred years. But those words of Joel that you just heard became words that were foundational for the early church. You see, when the church was born on the day of Pentecost... The Spirit had descended upon the believers who had been following Jesus, and what had happened caused the people out and about to wonder, what in the world is taking place on this day? And Peter stood up and, and, and quoted from these verses from out of the Old Testament and said, this is what Joel was talking about. 
In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And the words were central to the message of Peter. Now, we could spend a lot of time just breaking down these words and trying to understand them, but at the heart of this message is this. Joel was saying that spirit-filled people are people God wants to use to speak to others. Another way of saying that is that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God wants to use you to be a prophet to speak to others. I want us to break that down for just a few minutes and think about our identity in Jesus that we are prophets. Say with me, I am a prophet, okay? Say that with me. I am a prophet. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? I am a prophet. Say it one more time. I am a prophet. Now, in saying those words, some of you probably react to that in different ways. Uh, Now, some of you, what you think a prophet is, uh, you think, I'm not that. And maybe you're not real comfortable with thinking about prophets because you don't maybe like prophets. Maybe you've read in the Bible some of the prophetic literature and you think, I- I'm not sure about this, Dwight. I'm not sure where you're going with this. So what is a prophet? You know, oftentimes when we think of uh, a, a, a prophet, we think of someone who foretells the future. And we even think of that way when we're looking at the Bible, for example. You know, in just a few weeks, we'll start the Christmas Advent season, and we'll be talking about when Jesus came, and we'll point out some of the passages from out of the Old Testament that are we refer to as Messianic prophecies. And we know those prophecies tell us about the coming of the Messiah who identifies Jesus, who the Messiah is, how the Messiah acts, where the Messiah is from, etc., And we find that those prophetic words were spoken before the arrival of Jesus. We also find in the Bible that there are prophecies that talk about the end of this age, the age to come. And we sometimes call those end-time prophecies. We find those throughout the Old Testament. We find those in the New Testament as well. And even we find Jesus speaking end-time prophecies, like in Matthew chapter 25. So sometimes we find that prophetic material and prophets share about what is to come. God inspires them, gives them a clue about what is ahead, and they speak to that. We also find when we look at prophets, particularly in the Old Testament... A lot of the prophets confronted people, individuals, nations, and even the world with their faults and failures, confronted people with their sins. Oftentimes the prophets announced how God was going to judge those people and those nations who had failed to do what God wanted them to do. Now, quite honestly, I often feel pretty uncomfortable in that category the thought of trying to confront people or a person where they've done wrong and to announce God's judgment, that just doesn't really feel very comfortable. And maybe it doesn't for you as well. We find in the Old Testament that there are a lot of people who carry the title of prophets. And many of those are those books we find in the Old Testament who, you know, like Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and the book of Joel. Joel is one of those. And we find that all those folks that wrote, and they are called prophets. But then there's some people in the Old Testament 
that are also referred to as prophets that don't necessarily have a book carrying their name, but they didn't speak the way that a lot of those other prophets spoke. We find people like Abraham and Moses and Miriam and Deborah being referred to as prophets. And then when we look at the prophetic material in the Old Testament, we find that not only did some prophets talk about the future, not only did some prophets talk about people's failure and judgment that was coming, but sometimes prophets shared words of comfort to people who were hurting. Sometimes prophets shared words of direction to people who needed to know what direction to go. Sometimes prophets gave hope in the midst of despair. When we move into the New Testament and we, we find again this idea of prophets in the New Testament and we find that there is a spiritual gift called the gift of prophecy. Some people are given a particular gift to do that, which is basically to announce God's Word to others. And then we find there's an office in the church called prophets, which typically are people who are preachers that speak to people. Now, that's a lot of biblical information, but what does it have to do with you and me, right? I mean, just when it gets down to it, what does that have to do with us? Well, I think when we begin to hear Joel's words and begin to understand what Joel was trying to communicate, how God was speaking through the prophet, Joel was trying to communicate something that's much broader than what our commonly understood notions of prophets and prophecy is. Joel said, God said, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on everybody. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Now, all of us are sons and daughters. And if you're following Jesus Christ, when you became a Christian, God placed His Spirit inside of you. And now God wants you to be a person who communicates with others His desire and design. God wants to use you to talk to others about godly things. God is in this business. The word spirit in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, the word ruach, this Hebrew word literally means breath. Okay? Everybody breathe out once. Okay? You just expel the spirit from inside, that breath. The idea, the, the picture that's drawn here is that God, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, what God does is to breathe into you God's very breath. Ruach. And the idea is that God's very presence, God's very breath, fills you up. Then, God wants the breath that He has breathed into you for you to then breathe that breath back out to others. We are to breathe God's breath into other people. It's a breathing in of God's Spirit and the breathing out. 
That's what this is about. And God wants to use us to speak, to be prophets to other people. Now, sometimes that happens in the midst of a service like this. You know, hopefully, uh, particularly when Jacqueline preaches, uh, when, when, when one of us preaches, uh, you, you hear something that God just speaking directly to something in your life that you need to hear. Sometimes when the band is leading us in worship and the words of those songs, it, it's like they're, they're no longer just words on a screen or words coming out of our mouth, but they're, they're words that, that are breathing God's direction, God's Word, maybe giving you hope, maybe giving you life, maybe sending you in a particular direction. God's Word being breathed into you. But you know, most of the time, this is pretty low-key. You're having a conversation with someone, and you say something, and that person hears God's voice through your voice, and it makes a difference in their lives. I, I mean, I've had a lot of people say to me, say, Dwight, do you remember when you said so-and-so? Well, quite honestly, I'm getting a little bit older, and I don't always remember what I say, okay? I don't remember the so-and-so all the time. But they'll, they'll then go on to talk about how that what I said made such a difference in their lives. God can and does use you in that same way, often in very low-key ways, to communicate what God wants you to know, what God wants others to hear. The prophetic ministry is so important. God's desire to use you to speak to others is a huge matter. You see, you come in contact with people that I will never meet, that Pastor Jacqueline will never meet. As a matter of fact, a lot of the people that you know wouldn't dream of coming into this building to hear a sermon or to listen to Christian music. They wouldn't, uh, 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 they may even distrust preachers altogether and look very low at us, but yet they know you and they trust you. And what you say makes a difference. And if you can share what God has shared with you, it makes a difference in their lives. And sometimes the very words that you speak are like seeds planted in fertile ground, watered by God, that spring up and make a huge difference in those people's lives. There are believers in your life some of whom are going through some difficult times. There are some who uh, are, are, are just down and out and they need words of comfort and hope. There are some believers in your network, maybe your small group, who, uh, who they need direction. They're facing some real big decisions in their lives and they need, they need some guidance. God wants to use you to speak 
to people. As spirit-filled people, God is using us to speak to others. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Now, how we speak to others in communicating what God wants to infuse into others is a big thing. In the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, there's a section where Paul talks about how that God designed us as Jesus followers to grow and become mature, to be who God created us to be. And in that passage, he talks about there's some people who seem to be kind of tossed about by everything that's kind of circulating, going around. He says, by every wind and doctrine is the biblical language. And then he goes on to talk about how we can move toward maturity and then he uses this axiom. He says, we need to be speaking the truth in love. In all of our communication with other people, this needs to be our guide of how we speak, how we talk to each other. We speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in love. He says, if we do that, folks will grow up. Now, in our culture today, uh, our ears are filled with all kinds of voices, a lot of deceiving voices, quite frankly. There are false narratives. False narratives are false narratives as to who God is, how God is at work in our life, and who we are. There's all kinds of fake news, biased presentations of what's going on in the world around us, manipulative information that is intended to sway your opinion, my opinion, our allegiance. And then, of course, there's just a lot of white noise out there. Our world really needs to hear truth spoken in love. Love spoken in truth. Do you all agree with that? God wants to use you to do that. God wants to use you to do that. We are prophets. Have you ever had a, a well-meaning Christian say something to you that didn't seem to come from heaven but to come from hell that really hurt you? Y'all ever had that to happen? Probably. There's a great paradoxical reality here. We are constantly, daily, almost hourly, in conversations with other people. And a lot of the things we say have profound impact on other people. Sometimes those words and messages reflect God's beauty, while other of those words have a more demonic sound and resonance to them. Sometimes we say things we should, and some things we say things we shouldn't. And there's this question, am I saying, am I communicating what God would have me to communicate? In Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uh, shared something that was so fundamental about what we say out of our mouths. 
He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the heart, this deep inside of you, this deep inside of me, it's from out of there that we speak. Okay? What you put in is what's going to come out. Is another way of saying that. What you put in is what's going to come out. If we store good things inside, it's going to come out. But if we store not so good things inside, what's going to come out? Not so good things, right? So, it's so incumbent on us to be sure we've, our lives are filled with the good. Now, that moves us back to Joel's words. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all. Paul urges us. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit has been given to us as a gift. God's very presence, God's very essence, God's very breath God wants to fill your lungs, my lungs, our hearts, our being, our essence with God's self. What happens if that takes place? What comes out of here comes from that flow of God within. Now, it's not that we do this or that to get the Spirit because the Spirit's a gift from God. Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father to give you another comforter who will live with you and live inside you. So it's a gift from God. But we have this responsibility of living in the environment where the Spirit of God, the breath of God, dwells and resides. So as we gather for worship, this is a place where the Spirit flows among us. When we open our Bibles and read, that is an environment where the Spirit lives. When we serve those who are in need, that's a place where the Spirit dwells. When we pray, when we cry out to God, when our hearts are breaking, that's a place the Spirit dwells. When we gather at this table and we take the bread and the cup, we experience the very presence of Jesus, Jesus present with us. And we take the presence of God inside us. God wants you, God wants me to be prophets, to share what God has for people in situations where they are. So I'd encourage you, let us be people who dwell where the Spirit is flowing so that what comes out of us is what God wants to speak to those we come in contact with. You want to do that? Amen? Amen.